Cockers, this is episode 453 of Conversation Street, the bonus podcast that is, where um, we have an interview for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yes, this is Joe Parkinson, who is a story editor on Coronation Street and has given a voice to Bet and Ken in the newly released Coronation Street Words and Design app. Now this is something that we've been playing an awful lot of in the past month, haven't we? And the script has been a real, real highlight. It's the thing that's really keeping us coming back for more. Yes. I don't know what you think I can add to that. I just, Gemma agrees, Gemma concurs. So a couple of days ago, um, we I got on the old blower together and had a chat about what it's like to work on Corey because he's been there for a couple of years now, um, doing story editing type things, coming up with all those, how the plots are going to go this way and that. And also, I'm sure he can explain it himself. In he's going to explain it himself. I'm just saying it was really exciting stuff to, to talk about. And so, um, so if you like Cory, if you like the app, then you probably you like want me Corey to shut up so you can so you can hear it. So Let's well, listen to it. I shall indulge. If you're like me, you'll have sunk hours over the Christmas period into the Coronation Street Words and Design, the recently released app from Kiwi Games. And today I'm joined by the person behind the app's wonderful script, ITV's Joe Parkinson, who's also currently working as story editor in Corrie. Joe, lovely to have you here today. Are uh, you OK? I am all right, thank you. How are you? Oh, very well, you know. I'll pull through. No, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> well, thank you. Great. So, as I said, I've spent a ton of time on this app recently, and I wanted to speak about that first. So... When did you first hear about the project? Uh, I think it was about, it was just over a year ago when um, I was asked if I wanted to sort of brainstorm a few ideas for what it could be. Mm. Um, And then I was introduced to the people from Kiwi Games and it just went from there really. Um, I didn't think I'd be writing it initially, but but I was really pleased to be given the opportunity to write it. So Yeah. uh, yeah, it's about just over a year really. Oh, cool. So, what? Why were Bet and Ken chosen to be the game's main characters? Uh, I think they're going to be uh, one of many, really, mm. or two of many. It's just because we tried to, because it was the sixtieth. We just um, tried to think of the most iconic characters, and obviously Ken has to be there mm. and Bet. But there will be more characters coming. Oh, um, I was going to ask right. that because on the on the one of the press releases it says. Um, many more Coronation Street legends so that, that we are going to get to see some more are we? Oh yeah definitely yeah yeah oh. it's just uh, we've just done uh, lodged with Ken and Bet just because I think they're two of the most recognisable faces really Yeah yeah definitely so what what was it like to write for such iconic characters? Uh, it was uh, it was amazing actually to write for Bet especially because I grew up watching Bet and she's she's my favourite really uh, yeah. so I it was really good just researching it because I was able to watch all the old YouTube clips of her going for the um, landlady job and her argument with Rita in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the pals. Oh yes, she's uh, <laughs> just brilliant. So yeah, it was uh, it was amazing, really. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's just the dialogue and all the sort of slang and just Ayacock and stuff like that it was just lovely. To write. Yeah, I, I think you've captured her really, really well, actually. Oh, so, um, I mean, you're not, you're not even involved in the scripts in the episodes as your job at Corey, are you? Because you're being a story editor. So how did you find having Lee suddenly to come up with this dialogue when that's not usually part of your job? Uh, well, it's because I've, I've, um, I'm a writer anyway. Mm. 
anyway. Yeah. I just work in the uh, story department at Coronation Street, but I, I have written, um, I wrote a, a Corrie-themed play a oh. few years back, um, which was about Fat Brenda. Yes. Oh, I've heard of this. Do you want to t- tell me a little bit about that? Uh, well, yeah, I did um, I did a character on Twitter, the Fat Brandy character. I didn't invent the character. It was already there. So mm. I kind of gave her a voice on Twitter. And then um, Steve Hewison, who played uh, Eddie Windass, mm. he contacted me and said, do you fancy making it into a play? So uh, I did that. And then from that, I got onto storyline of workshops at Coronation Street and then did a sort of tour of the soaps in the story departments and then came to Coronation Street. I see. So, I'm I'm joining it all up now, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so so when you came to write Ben but when you came to write Bet and Ken, it wasn't like completely new to you the the whole writing thing, the the dialogue. No, That's good. No, no. It's it's just that I work in the story, yeah. but yeah, I have, yeah. I have written dialogue quite a lot. So yeah, did you yeah, did you find great. did you find one of the characters easier to write for than the other? Um, yeah, I find I find Bet a lot easier, mm. um, just because she's so larger than life. But I, I Ken just I, I, it just amuses me writing for Ken because I just try and sort of up his arrogance a little bit <laughs> about him being a, a brilliant writer and stuff like that. So I'm yeah, feeling it. I'm feeling it. Uh, yeah, one, I, just, I just amuse myself with that one, really. Yeah, one of the things I've really loved about it is how it's like chock full of references to the older characters and storylines as well. And is, is this something you were asked to do, or did you push for like really the nostalgia factor? Uh, I think it was something that was encouraged, um, definitely. But it, it was something I'd have done anyway, really, because I love the history of the show. Mm. Obviously, I was a massive fan. I've always been a fan of, of Corrie's you know, 99% of people in Manchester are. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just really nice to be able to reference all those people. And uh, I worked with the archive team, which is Helen and Dom at hmm. Coronation Street. So they did, you know, the Ken Robelia room? Yes. They they chose the artefacts in there and, and gave me a history of everything with that because I couldn't have, you know, nobody knows all that except those two, really, because it was so specific, wasn't it, with the um, oh, program the- yeah, directing and things like that. So. Yeah, the, the trumpet and everything. I was yeah. going to ask where that came from. So it was uh, Helen yeah, and Dom, was it? So a lot of it was as much of a surprise to me. But the <laughs> stuff about Albert and especially the current characters. So he's always referencing Liz, and well, she's not a current character at the moment. But mm. um, yeah, so I really enjoyed all that. Mm. I mean, with Beth, it's been nearly twenty years since she was last on Corrie, and, and twenty five since the end of her main run on the show. So was, was the aim of the app also to introduce aspects of Corrie's long history to newer viewers? Yeah, I think so. I think, you, you, well, we, I really wanted to strike a balance, really, between mm. sort of alienating people and, and bringing up names from the past, because what I didn't want to do is just, you know, constantly reference people pre-1970, because yeah. people go, what, what on earth are you talking about? Mm. Uh, with the, the Ken Rabili room and uh, with Beth, it was just to sort of bring her up to date really so she does reference things that have happened since she's left and <laughs> one of the biggest discussions we had was about the timelines oh yeah I mean it's I've been trying to piece this together and I'm lost I'm just you know parallel universe it is to me yeah, now yeah it is, it is it's, uh, I think you called it um, it was like the Marvel films was it was it a multiverse yeah 
the Coronation Street multiverse, which it pretty much is because, yeah, everyone exists in their little bubbles from the start of the era we've designated, like um, Kenny's completely now, he's a contemporary Ken. Yeah, and, and Deirdre's gone, hasn't he? Hasn't she? Yeah, in there? Deirdre's gone, and then you've got Bet in the late eighties, um, early nineties, I think. So, um, and her yeah, back room is Jenny and Johnny's design, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that was a discussion. You just thought anything goes, really? Yeah, because we couldn't tie it down to a specific era, really. Because if you want to have um, loads of different characters there was never a point really where they all existed together so no. we've just yeah we've just done it we've done what we call a fudge really yeah. or the uh, the Cornish Street multiverse as you call it <laughs> which I much prefer is, is that uh, is it confusing at all or is it just freeing to be able to say yeah whatever reference whoever yeah it's, yeah it is quite freeing I've done that after she and Alec have split as well mm. so uh, yeah she mentions Charlie yeah, Charlie, yeah, yeah, Charlie Whelan. Like yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> this, uh, did, was so you. I'm just thinking, wondering about other aspects of the the app that you have um, had input into. So obviously, the script is your baby, and you were on the team when you were kind of spitballing ideas at the beginning. Is is there anything else to do with the app that you've had a big input into? Um, uh, some of the, the story directions. Like I, I wanted to sort of. Um, link things together a bit so it wasn't just you know task after task after task so like the mm. bit flooding through um, yeah. Ken, Ken's house and things like that um, but a lot of it was done with uh, the Kiwi team and with Ian, um, a guy called Ian as well who's been overseeing the whole thing so um, yeah I've had a little bit of input but um, you know not entirely it's been a team effort yeah did, did the guys at Kiwi know very much about Coronation Street before starting this I mean, you hinted earlier that there are going to be some other characters coming into the game later, but, I mean, spoilers aside, are there any other particular icons from Corey's past that you'd really like to quite have a crack at writing dialogue for? Yeah, there, there are quite a lot, really. Obviously, um, Hilda would be mm. brilliant, because um, it means I could just watch loads of old Hilda clips before I started. <laughs> um, yeah, just, just uh, Hilda, Jack and Vera... Just all the, all the big icons, really. I, I, I enjoy writing to them all. I mean, if you can write um, things to meet yourself with Ken, then you can imagine how much easier it is with yeah. you know other characters that are so... They've got so many idiosyncrasies, haven't they, as, as yeah. characters, and Ken's sort of been very um, straight, hasn't he? Yeah, so, yeah, certainly. Uh, which, is, which is what amuses me the most about him, actually. I think he's a brilliant character. Yeah, yeah. So, so is the idea then that eventually we'll be able to redecorate on the inside of some other character's house? Because it's all very much, you know, rovers and number one. Yet if you scroll around the map, there's all these other other houses that you can't get into yet. Yeah, yeah, we'll be we'll be we'll be opening up other houses. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah. Just yeah, as, as the year goes on, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly it. We're just going to keep uh, going, really, and um, eventually. There'll be lots more houses open and lots more characters to play with. 
Cool. And Which will be nice. And I mean, at the moment, there's this Christmas event going on as well. So, uh, is there likely to be events, you know, for like, Valentine's Day, Easter, whatever, going through the year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually didn't know um, we were going to do that until I was asked to write it. So, um, I'm assuming they will do. It's, it's really difficult that uh, Christmas, uh, the Christmas task. I had to go myself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it seems like the puzzles are a bit harder to me, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool so have you have you like written a load of dialogue already that's just ready to be used in the game or do they are you being contacted saying oh can you write a bit more now and that's kind of just a regular part of your job now yeah they, they send me um, they send me the tasks mm. and then I uh, I write the dialogue for it so I'm, I'm currently writing updates at the moment for it so yeah there will be some coming soon yeah have you, how have you found kind of balancing that with your normal story editing job at Corrie? Um, okay, really. I've been I've been doing it um, a lot in my own time, um, yeah. which has been nice. But I just really enjoyed dipping into it and um, you know writing a little bit of dialogue and then getting back to my normal job. Yeah, it's really nice. Well, it it must be so much fun. So let's let's move on to your your, your Corrie job now, story editor. So to you, what makes a good soap story? A story that starts off really small and draws in as many characters as it can. Mm-hmm. That's what I really love. I love I love stories that begin um, with either a little sort of innocuous incident or a couple of characters, and then it brings all the different family groups together. Now, to me, that sounds just like the Yasmin and Jeff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, that was a, a really good story. That because it it was it was so subtle for such a long time. Um, and then once it begins to um, pick up pace, you can sort of see everyone latching onto what's going on, and then you can you can really sort of work with it. Mm. So they're my favourite stories, really. To me, that's what makes a really good story. Yeah. Can you think of any other examples from like before your time working at Corrie that you look back and say, "Wow, they did a brilliant job with that." Yeah, the Tony Gordon story for me was I, I absolutely loved that story. Yeah. Um, because it. I think it started off where somebody just warned her, warned Carla, I think she was sat in a car, and it, nothing happened for ages, and then he, he just suddenly realised he was absolutely horrific, mm. <laughs> and it just snowballed um, into Liam getting knocked down and killed, and then the, you know, the factory fire, and I thought his prison break was brilliant as well. Oh yeah, that was, that was the great. The helping him escape, it was so heightened, it was great. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean about the the gradual build-up to stories, and I quite like it when you can look back and go, ah, I see what they were going for there. I mean, the the stuff with Michael and Grace recently, for example, and yeah. that, that, that big reveal that came a couple of months ago, and it's like everything makes sense now. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good story, that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed working on that. And also the uh, John Stape story as well, which I, yeah. I know it was quite... I love John Stoke. That was that was a brilliant, brilliant story. It was ridiculous, but so much fun. He just wanted to teach. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> which, you, which you can relate to. Totally. I mean, I'm, I haven't kidnapped anyone or, you know, accidentally bumped anyone off yet. But <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, um... What what exactly does being a story editor at Corrie involve then? Well, I work under the story producer, mm-hmm. Lindsay, and 
it basically involves going to a conference and everyone pitches their ideas and then we work out four weeks of story. Yeah. Um, and then we bring it back into the office and we divide it up into different story strands, which we then talk through and write and then um, build it all up into individual episodes over the four weeks. So my job is, is just helping uh, the story producer to talk stories through, write stories and um, and build up the board, which is what we call where we put all the episode strands in and mm. then do a, a full four weeks of story. And then we publish uh, a story document every four weeks, um, which is like six months in advance of what's on screen. Wow. So we're well into next year now. Well, actually, it's this year, isn't it? Yeah, Which yeah. Was, we're not that far ahead. <laughs> into the summer, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, what's an average working week for you like? Is it... Is it different every week? And I suppose it's different now with you know with lockdown and everything. Yeah, it is. I've not I've not been back to the office for a while, so we're all working remotely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just conference is um, different every time, obviously, because you're talking about different characters, and then um, it's, it's it's quite similar in that it's it's the same practice as in we get the pitches and then we work them up into individual scenes and write them and then edit them and then we get a, an edit with the producer and then it all goes into the um, episodes and into the big documents. So, yeah, it, it it's different because we talk about different characters mm. and different stories, but it's it's the same method, really, across yeah. most dopes. Yeah, yeah. Um so I want to go back a little bit because you the Corrie's not the first soap that you've worked on either is it you've done a bit of Emmerdale but of Hollyoaks am I right yeah yeah I started at Hollyoaks uh, was there for a year and did two years at Emmerdale was the senior storyliner there and then story editor at, mm. at Corrie why, why did you decide to make the switch or is it you know just a kind of a scene as a natural career progression because Ian McLeod's obviously done other ones as well yeah, I've, I've basically, without being stalkerish, followed Ian McLeod around. There was a Holly Oaks when he was there, and then at Emmerdale, and now at Coronation Street. But it is coincidentally, I assure you. Um, mm. Really, really loved Emmerdale, still love it. Mm. Uh, so it was a bit of a um, a big decision, really, to go to Coronation Street in the end. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was glad that I did it. Did you know a lot about Emmerdale and Hollyoaks before you started working there, or did you have to have a bit of a crash course on it? No, I knew uh, I knew about both of them really. I've I've, I've always watched soaps. I used to watch yeah. my, my, my grandma. So um, Emmerdale, I, I absolutely loved Emmerdale anyway before I went there mm. um, because I loved the character of, of Ross Barton and the Barton brothers. Mm. Thought that was a really good era, so I really enjoyed working on stories with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so but with Coronation Street as well, it was just it was just around the corner as well, where I was mm. commuting to uh, Leeds from uh, Manchester, which used to be uh, quite a, a hair raising drive sometimes in winter. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was another good reason to go to Corrie. Yeah, what well, I mean, have there been any good new challenges that you found working at Coronation Street? Uh, Aside from the whole, you know, dealing with the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Because obviously you get the you know the double episodes. Yeah. So you sort of um, other soaps that are on every day, or there's just one episode a day. You sort of 
got one hook, but with Coronation Street, it's different in that you have to sustain that story across uh, two episodes in one night. So you need sort of two hooks to bring the audience back and things like that. So, mm. yeah, it is different in that way. Yeah, yeah. So, you start, was it 2019 you started working at Curry? Uh, let me think now. It's two twenty. I think 2018. 2018. Yeah. So what were what some of the first stories that you worked on that you can, you know, put your stamp on? Uh, the first the first story I worked on was uh, Evelyn, which was ah. which I was really pleased about. And the first big story that I did was um, Amy getting pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Um, with with Tyler and you know bringing Vicky into it and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was the first thing I worked on. But it, it was one of those it's one of those moments where you, you sort of can't believe that you storylining for these people that you've watched for years and years so it was, mm. it was really good yeah I mean I love Evelyn now but I remember when she came in I was thinking no hang on a minute that's not right Jackie Dobbs is Tyrone's mum because looking back at it now I think no it's fine it's fine but yeah it's it, it worked for me really it was just uh, I, I just fell in love with Evelyn as soon as, as she's soon as great I saw her. Um, I can't remember if she'd been on screen I think she had by the time I started yeah. but had she not I can't remember. I think it was when she went away with James. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think that was the first story that, that I did there. Mm, mm. Yeah, so I think it must have been around that time that Tyrone found out about his true parentage then, because that was all yeah. that was a mystery at the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just really odd, because when you start somewhere, you, you're obviously doing six months in advance of what's on screen, so it's, it's difficult to remember what had actually been on at that point when I started. Yeah, cool. But, yeah, that cool. was the first thing, the first sort of pen to paper that I did was with uh, Evelyn. Mm. So, what have you been most proud of since working at Corrie? Um, uh, proud of the uh, Yasmin Jeff storyline. Mm. Although it's not something I was I was across as as much as other people in the team. I just was just proud to be part of. of um, the team that brought that to the screen really because I just thought it was so good yeah um, mm-hmm. and yeah I just thought Jeff is such a hideous character he's so well played mm. um, because it's, it's one of those uh, characters where when you see them in the canteen you're a bit like ooh and then you realise <laughs> that they're, they're really nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can just play it so well <laughs> Yeah, it's the same as when I shared um, a table at Hollyoaks with the you know the guy who plays Silas, the serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah, I couldn't help but being a little bit frightened, even though I knew it was only acting. <laughs> so when you're coming up with all the the, the storyline ideas and the way it's going to go, do you generally find that um, that the characters that that come to the fore are because of personal favourites of you or is it is it more to do with what's good for the show or, or does that generally gel up? Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all a team effort really so everybody pitches in with ideas and usually it's the character that's most pertinent to that story. Mm. It's, you know, if, if somebody's going to give a character advice and change their mind on something then you just need the right character really. Otherwise yeah. you just, you know, I just have evil in, on every single thing I ever did <laughs> you know because she's so good um, so yeah you just need to use the character that's most pertinent to the story really yeah yeah. who, who else are some of your favourites at the moment aside from Evelyn um, always Steve 
always Ken, love Adam at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, David is, I think David's probably my favourite character. Yeah. Um, my favourite long-standing character because I just think he's just, just brilliant. Oh, totally, totally he's agree. Got so much, there's so much history to him, you know. I mm-hmm. think he's, he's, uh, he's definitely up there. But mm. I really, I love uh, all the Barlows as well. I think pretty much I love all the characters. <laughs> particularly the Platts and the Barlows. Yeah. I think are absolutely great. Yeah, how, how important is it to you that um, that Corrie stays true to and, and references the rich history that the show's got? Um, yeah, I think it's, it'd just be daft not to, wouldn't it? You know, once you've reached a certain, a certain age as a show, I do think it's, it's, it can get too much, like, occasionally in other shows like Doctor Who. It might reference it too much sometimes and then it, it feels like it's not looking forward enough. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, as long as it still feels like it's ploughing forward, I think it, you'd have not to reference some of the history to it. I thought there's a scene with Ken where he was referencing Bet saving him. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just... It, it makes it more powerful, I think. Yeah, definitely. Kind of, yeah. That and that you was quite funny. Yeah, that that was quite funny for us because we Gemma and I had only just recently watched that episode as well, literally a week or so before. So to have him bring it up, it was like, oh, we know what he's talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you don't know about it, then it's it's really interesting to hear. And if you do know about it, you can give yourself a little self satisfied nod. Can't exactly. You? Exactly. Yes, I remember that. I've seen it. <laughs> So, towards the end of the anniversary week, we saw the climax of these two big issue stories, the the coercive control and and Oliver's mitochondrial disease. So, can you tell me about what it's like putting together these kinds of stories, the issue stories, versus the more, you know, light-hearted, soapy ones like like the Arthur and Evelyn romance? Uh, Well, we've got a a really good research team that get uh, lots of charities involved, and so you've, you've always got somebody to go to with ideas and um, they can tell you whether they're feasible or not or whether it's realistic. Uh, for the Jeff Yasmin story, we, we it was research-led in a, a lot of ways. Mm. So the, the drama just wrote itself for some yeah. of the scenes because uh, when you hear about coercive control, it, it's so shocking, some of it. Mm. So it can be quite difficult but you can sort of see see the scenes forming as, as uh, you're listening to it it's just it's interesting but horrifying at the same time the same with the mitochondrial disease you know some of the meetings you can have can be quite harrowing because mm. of the, the things you have to listen to um, but you just hope that you do the story justice really yeah is it important to still keep some of the more, you know, like, like I said, the, the soapy ones in as well, the, the light-hearted ones or the, the or the villainy ones, you know? Yeah, you just try and find a balance in each episode. That's part of um, when we're making the deciding what goes in which episode. Is you do want a balance across across the episode, really, mm. so that you do have some sort of darker storylines and some of the issue storylines. But then, like the Evelyn and Arthur, as you say, you know that sort of. Um, more feel good yeah 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 that's true but speaking of balance I mean you also I guess have to 
balance the the block filming as well, don't you? Because you sometimes get stories that go quiet for weeks or, or months before popping up again. So how do you judge when it's right for a story to come back into the fore? Uh, and how do you meet the challenges of making sure viewers stay invested in a story while it's having a break? If it's a good story, you just hope people are going to stay invested in it, really. Yeah. Um, and often you can you can reference it without seeing the main characters. But you just got to you just got to try and find the right time to peak stories. And obviously, sometimes it's you know it's there are so many different factors in in uh, deciding what story goes where when you think of you know uh, availability and things like that for mm. for actors. So yeah, you just have to find the balance that way. Yeah, I suppose there's always you, you got your your big points in the year like your Britain's Got Talent week, your your NTA week. Your, there's often something in October as well that you're working towards, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 super so week across the board, really. October, isn't it? Yeah. The yeah. Day will always have their big their big episodes then as well, and Hollyoaks that's their anniversary. I think October as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But with with these big stories as well, I was wondering whether. Do you, do you always know that these are going to be the big ones, or are there ever times when something that was originally planned to be quite small ended up, you know, taking a life of its own? Um, not that I can I can think of really. Mm. I think you just it's it's the story is where you've got the the big characters. I think you know you could have a sort of a plot story that not much happens and it still feel like a big story because it's involved in the plans. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't think of anything I've put somewhere. It's it's taking you by surprise that a sort of small story has become big because it's it's all planned so far in advance. Yeah, I guess so. It's I mean, like it catch you on the back foot, really. Yeah, it, yeah. So I mean, you know. you you've been a story editor at Corey for a couple of years now. What what's your ambition for working on the show or in the you know the sphere of soaps in general? Uh, just to, just to keep doing it I think really I'm just enjoying what I'm doing Mm. and the game's sort of providing a nice little bit of extra curry work for me as in I enjoy working on it so yeah just carrying on really (laughs) well good luck with that (laughs) (laughs) I mean just keep on making more apps do you know if there's any other apps that are in the works or is is this what what, what we got for now because I'm loving it Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know of any other things that are in the works. Um, no, not, yeah. well, if they have, they've not told me, which will be quite upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's still very early days for words and design, and I'm, I'm still hooked to it, and I cannot wait to find out who these other characters are and, and having a go at seeing your takes on their dialogue and yeah, getting a chance to have a tinker around in their in their houses. Oh right, good. Well, I'm quite <laughs> glad you enjoyed it. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, nice to hear yeah yeah it's it's brilliant honestly it really is thank you so much for coming on the podcast today joe it has been wonderful speaking to you i love hearing all the behind the scenes stuff excellent i hope it wasn't too garbled not at all not at all i will i'll let you go now and enjoy the rest of your evening thank you very much thank you very much cheers bye There we go. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Joe. What Parkinson. a good interview. Thank you very much, Joe. Thank you very much, Michael. Oh, it's it my pleasure, I'm sure. Yeah, it was great. It's not often we have behind-the-scenes Coronation people <laughs> on the podcast, do we? I do to... really enjoy the behind-the-scenes stuff because like, it gives you an insight into how the show gets made. It is, and it's also the, the, the people that don't often, you know, 
get interviewed. It's, no. it's always the cast, isn't it? Yeah. So being able to talk to people like Joe and, and, and Ellen and, and Matt Hilton as well is, is brilliant because it's, yeah, diff, different, different type of interview. Putting together information. We, it's we, exclusive content. Yeah, we, we are. Amazing. He, yeah, what Joe doesn't know is we're secretly plotting to take Coronation Street down from the inside and he's given us the next well, bit, the bit of insight what? that Sometimes, we need to infiltrate. Some of the horrible things we say, I wouldn't be surprised if people thought that's what our actual aim was. We don't say horrible things about <laughs> Coronation Street. We constructively criticise it sometimes. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Oh, I, yeah. I just tell you what, I, I want to see that board. The board with all the plots yeah. written on, all joined together. How's it going to go? One day, one day. Well, you know, when I get my secret power, which I, I'm putting in for either freezing time or being able to be invisible... I can go over and check it out. Yeah, let's do it. Anyway, thanks again, Joe. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You, you didn't really listen to this to talk to us blabbering on, did you? It was, it was no, the Joe bit. Nobody's so, uh, listening to this now, so again, we'll see Again, we're going to stop. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Do tweet us, Facebook us, email us, whatever. Whatever. Um, and, and listen to the other podcast, and that's quite good as well. <laughs> Bye, then. Bye, see you. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye. <laughs>